My message is entitled, I Choose Joy. I Choose Joy. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So when you are full of joy or when you experience joy, it's actually like medicine. You know, sometimes even there's a saying that says laughter is medicine for the soul. Have you ever felt when you experience a form of joy that you feel better? Let's be honest. There's no question that feeling joy and experiencing joy, a joyful heart is like medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. In other words, when you allow yourself to get to a place where your spirit becomes crushed because of things going on in your life, if you allow yourself to do that, it dries up your bones. It can actually even make you ill, physically ill. In other words, when we go through things that our soul and our spirit is so perplexed that we, are, we, we move away from joy, we move away from, from the things that God shows us in his word to do that it actually has an effect on our physical body to the point of it actually dries up our bones, the scriptures say. Proverbs 15, 15 says this, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. So in other words, there are people that will all the days the afflicted are evil. In other words, that affliction, it, it's, it's evil, but, but a cheerful heart is someone, when someone has a cheerful heart, they'll live in plenty. They'll live in the blessing. It's wonderful to experience the joy of God, the joy of the Lord. You need to be joyful in every situation. You need to be joyful even when it goes bad. This is a hard thing to truly understand. But the scriptures explain it to us so clearly. Listen to what the Bible says in James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Everybody look at me. Count it all joy when you go into trials, when you go through trials, when you go through things. Count it joy. That must be a misprint. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. So while I'm going through stuff in this earth, on this earth, while I'm going through things that are hard and difficult, I must count it joy. Now I'm so glad that he explains to us why in the next part of the verse. Watch this. Actually, it's the next verse. Knowing, so you must understand that the, that the trials that you go through, count them joy because you must know something, that the testing of your faith in those trials produces patience. I don't need more patience, Lord. I don't want more patience. I have enough patience. I'm patient enough, amen? Take the trials somewhere else. Oh. What are we waiting for? What is this patience that we need so desperately when we go through everything that we do in our lives? 
You know, the truth is, if you really think about it, there's no one in this room that we couldn't make a movie about. <laughs> Come on, you guys watch reality TV like it's going out of fashion. You like it more than James Bond and all that stuff. Everybody's story is a story. And unfortunately, in part of that story of your life are these trials and, and problems and struggles and things that we go through. I'm amazed in church how there are always broken people, always. And if you're not broken, you may go through brokenness at some point. You probably will. You will go through trials. You will go through persecutions. You will suffer these things. That's what happens to people. And Christians experience them as well. But the Bible tells us that when we experience them, we must count them joy because they bring patience, perseverance. But why? Why, why do we need that patience and that perseverance? For what? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions. Take a look at what Jesus says. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you. Oh, come on, people. How many of you have been excluded, left out, forgotten about, neglected, rejected? But blessed are you when they hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil. For the Son of Man's sake. So when you are persecuted, excluded in any way because you are a believer, because of the name of Jesus, and you must understand something, that sometimes because you're a Christian, the enemy attacks you through people. So the persecution might not be because that person thinks you're a Christian, but the persecution comes because you are a Christian and the enemy don't like you at all. Or let me rather say it in proper English, the enemy does not like you. So because he doesn't like you, he goes after you. What I have found as a believer over the years is that the worst attacks come from the body of Christ. I told you this last week, sheep bite. And in the church, they bite bad. So you must understand that, that you will experience all these things. Now watch what he says. He goes on and he gets even more extreme as he goes on. He says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. So when someone is persecuting me, when someone is reviling me, when someone is excluding me, I must leap for joy. How is this even possible, Lord? What are you trying to tell me, God? Why are you putting this in your Bible, in your word? I just, it's so hard to understand that when we go through these things that we must actually leap for joy. When in that moment, I don't know about you, but I want to do the opposite. There's a little part of me that wants to punch you in the nose. There's a little part of me that wants to throw you out the window. There's a little part of me that gets really hurt and upset. Come on, we all go through these emotions. One day I went with Pastor Mike somewhere and this guy did a bad thing on my boat. 
and we were standing there together, and the guy was cussing me out really bad, like every second word. And of course, I had the fruit of the Spirit. To be very honest with you, I don't know if it was the fruit of the Spirit or shock. It was one of the two. <laughs> but Pastor Mike was really getting upset. I want you to know this was a long time ago. He's grown so much since then. And it's not because I didn't want to feel the same way. It was almost like I'm busy watching this happen and I'm in shock and it's like, you know. But that's what happens to us. We get really upset and he wanted I had to stop him from jumping over the counter. He laughs because he remembers the story. <laughs> That's how we are when things happen to us. But the Lord tells us in verse 21, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Now watch. For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. So those who would serve God with their whole heart, the enemy would come against them. And Jesus is saying, listen, if they went through it, you're going to go through it. But I want you to rejoice when it happens. Rejoice. He's not telling you to rejoice because it's fun. He's telling you to rejoice because there's something more that you need to understand. And immediately he mentions something extremely important here for us to grasp. He says, your reward is great in heaven. In other words, a day will come that if you continue in that joy and don't let that thing destroy you, there's a reward waiting for you in heaven. And this is only scratching the surface. Let's get into this this, this evening. Man. So Jesus tells us this, but what about him? What did he do and how did he go through this? Because he did everything for us also as an example. Take a look, Hebrews 12, verse number two. Hebrews 12, verse number two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There was a joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. And even through all of that, he went through it. He embraced it because there was a joy waiting for him. He knew that there was something coming. Are you with me? Take a look. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Lord knew what was coming. He knew that he would be seated at the right hand of God. But remember something, he was no less the son of God before he came to earth than he was when he went back to heaven. He was the son of God before he was the son of God afterwards. But something had changed. Something had been done on the earth. 
There was a joy. There was something he was looking for, looking forward to, and able to continue on. And even in the persecution of the cross, and them spitting on his face, and whipping him, and putting a crown of thorns on his head, and them rejecting him, and, and speaking evil of him, there was this joy before him, because he had your face in his mind. He had you in his mind. He was thinking about you, and while he was doing that, there was a joy that would come that made it all worth it. Man, you don't know how fortunate and blessed you really are. You see, the Bible says it like this, Luke 15, verse number eight. Jesus is sharing stories, parables, and he says this, or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice. Everybody say joy. Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy, watch this now, in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We've always spoken about this as though the angels are rejoicing, but the Bible actually says that there's joy in the presence of the angels. So who is celebrating? There's a celebration that takes place over one person who gives their life to Jesus. There is, one, there is a rejoicing, a celebrating going on in heaven. The Father is rejoicing. The Son is rejoicing. There is a rejoicing. Maybe it's the other believers that are there that are rejoicing. I can tell you the angels are shouting and rejoicing too. But there's something going on in heaven when one person is saved. When one lost soul comes back to him, there's a rejoicing. There's a joy in heaven. And Jesus says, listen, I'll endure. I'll go through all of that because there's a joy coming. So that one day he'd be sitting on his throne and another one would get saved, more joy. Another one would get saved, more joy. Another one gets saved, more joy. Paul and Barnabas are busy preaching and the Jews are not very happy with them. And take a look at what happens in the scriptures. Listen, guys, God gave me this sermon in like 20 minutes at three o'clock in the morning. Acts 13, 46 says, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. This is to the Jews. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Everybody say, that's me. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now watch this. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. In other words, on that day, while they were hearing this word, they began to give their hearts to Jesus. Many were appointed that day to what? Eternal life. 
like salvation had come to them. They were, and, 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 the, and the apostles were so excited. They're watching this people getting saved, people coming to the Lord. These sheep, these lost sheep, these lost people are coming back to the, to, to the God of all creation and they're all excited. Watch verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and chief men of the city, and they raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So now they've been persecuted. That persecution wasn't fun, guys. It was normally stoning. It was normally whipping. They would be persecuted, obviously, by word as well, but in so many ways they were persecuted. Now watch what they did. In verse 51, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Arcanium. Now watch. And the disciples were filled with joy. Everybody say joy. And with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because people were being saved. Because people were coming to Jesus. They were getting persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. But while they were being persecuted, they were rejoicing. They were celebrating. Have you lost your vision? Have you lost the, 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 the celebration and the way your heart was when you came to Jesus in the beginning? Have you lost what's most important? I'll get there. In just a moment, I sound very South African tonight, my accent. I don't know what happened. Last week, I sounded more American, but today, not so much. Okay. They understood what it means when the Lord said, count it all joy. In fact, leap for joy when they persecute you because of my name's sake. Because when you're doing it, something is happening. There is joy. There is joy taking place in heaven. And did we not say in that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's joy in heaven. So there will be joy on earth too for those that choose it. Okay, let's get back to the word. I'm going to get to the dream at some point. Help me, Lord, to tell me when. Listen to what John writes in his epistle. 1 John 1, verse number 1. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, everyone say eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. He says, listen, he says, and declared to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now watch. That which we have seen and heard, we declare now to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Why? Why? 
And these things we write to you for what purpose? That your joy may be full. Not a little bit of joy, but that your joy may be full. What? That you have also seen and heard and experienced the same thing that they did when they were with the Word. Now the Word has been preached to you and you too have received eternal life. You, you have been given the greatest gift of all. You have been given salvation. The very thing that the Lord Jesus was willing to experience all persecution and suffering because there was a joy that would come on the behalf of you and I. But he says, listen, he says, and these things we write to you, I'm telling you about this eternal life, I'm telling you about the salvation for the reason of this, the reason is this, that your joy may be full. So when you're suffering persecution, when you're going through difficult times, I want you to have joy. But why? Well, I'm so glad you're asking. Let's go to Psalm 16, verse number 8. Let's take a look at what David said. Psalm 16, verse number 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Now watch. Why? Why is it that he is able? The Bible says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Why? In verse 10, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. Sheol is the place where they would go when they died. But David knew that, that he would not leave the soul of the, the, the lost in Sheol. This can also speak of torment even on earth, but I really believe it has a deeper meaning. Nor will you allow your holy ones to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You must understand that David understood that there was a greater reward. There was something better than what was on this earth and what was waiting for him on the other side would deliver him forever and forever and forever. And even when he would suffer persecution, even when he would go through things, it was this hope, this joy that he experienced that can only come from heaven. And it can only come from heaven when you understand what you have. See, he understood it. John understood it. Jesus understood it. But the question is, do you understand it? How would you look at every day if you truly understood what you've been given? What you have. It's incredible. It's amazing because when Peter gets up in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, he quotes 
this scripture. He quotes David. A little different, because the one's Hebrew, the one's Greek. <laughs> Paul wasn't, Peter wasn't Greek, don't get me wrong, but anyway, let's read it. Let's go to Acts 2, verse 22. Acts 2, 22. He gets up. He begins to preach about what's taking place on the day of Pentecost. And he says this, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoices and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope because of what's coming because he's the God of our salvation because he's the God who restores who heals who delivers he's the God that has given you not only joy for today but eternal life amen Isaiah 61 verse 1 says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. This is the job description of Jesus. He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to confront all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. But we don't always get to this part. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil, the oil of joy. What did the Bible say when the apostles were persecuted? That they were filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. So in other words, listen, when you are going through mourning, because you will, you will go through it. You will experience it. I want you to know that there is an oil of joy that is available to you. Now watch this. There is an oil of joy available to you and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Listen. When you're going through stuff, when things are difficult, you must never forget that you have been saved and that there is joy available to you. You may not feel that joy right now, but one day the Lord will say to you, come, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Come in. This is your place. Everything has been prepared for you. You are welcome in this place. It's all done. Hallelujah. couple more verses and then I'm going to tell you my, my dream. Habakkuk 3 verse 17 says this, though the fig tree may not blossom, things are not going great, nor fruit on the vines, 
Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yet no food, yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the, so, in the, stall, in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of what? My salvation. Oh, devil, you can't take my salvation. Oh, devil, you can't have it. <laughs> it doesn't belong to you. Ooh, hallelujah. You can take my sheep. You can take things from me. You can try and steal everything. But I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. Too much. Okay. We've read this verse so many times, but have we really understood it? Listen, Psalm 51 verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Not the joy of my salvation, the joy of your salvation. It's because of you that I have life. It's because of you that I can be restored. It's because of you, God, and what you have done that even in the midst of everything I'm going through right now, there is reason to shout. There is reason to celebrate. Amen. We think that when we see spiritual things, we should celebrate and we should. We should get excited when God does anything because it's wonderful to see it. But Jesus tells the 70 when they return from, from being out in the field in ministry something incredible. Take a look, let's go to Luke 10 verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy. So they'd been sent out by Jesus, they came back and this is what they said. Then the 17 retoid, returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, which they didn't understand, but that's okay. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now watch. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather than rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Listen, listen. Prophecy will fail. Gifts will fail. There will be a day where there will be no deliverances. Nothing will be there anymore. The only thing that will matter is, is your name written in the book of life? Do you have eternal life? Do you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you know him? Don't rejoice because you can do supernatural things. Don't rejoice because you have stuff. Don't rejoice because it's going well with you. Let me give you a reason to rejoice. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's reason to rejoice right there. No matter how bad it's going, count it all joy. You have a reason. Oh, you have a reason. All right. So, 
I think it was Tuesday night. I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I don't remember. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I was dreaming. And I dreamt in the dream. I know when, there's a, when it's a dream and it's not a dream. And this was a dream, if you understand what that means. <laughs> and in the dream, a lot of things happened. But at, at the end of the dream, I was standing. And there was a counter like a kiosk counter, and there was two young girls on the other side of the counter, 13 or 14 years old. And I was ministering to the one girl, and then there were other girls now around them, but the two are the, are the ones that really were in the story, a big part of the story. And so while I was speaking to the one girl about the Lord, her countenance began to change. Her face began to change. And I could see it. And her friend looked at her and said, what's going on with her? <laughs> Pastor William, uh, wait. And then in the dream, I began to sing a song. And this is the song that I sang. Louder, louder, louder. This is the song. While I'm looking at her, watch. I'm singing this song. I don't even know this song well. Stop the song. Stop it. Stop it. Sit down. We're going to do that in just a moment. I said to her, she chooses joy. And I began to dance and sing that song. I began to dance and I began to say to them, the joy of the Lord. She has entered into the joy of the Lord because she has gotten saved. But then what began to happen is it began to spread to everybody that was around us. They would literally be transformed in front of me while I was singing this song about the joy of the Lord. Because there comes a point, no matter what you're going through, that you will have to understand that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And that joy is available to you, and it's an oil that comes when you choose the garment of praise, when you choose no matter what you're dealing with, because you will go through stuff, guys. And while you're going through that stuff, I want you to always remember, whether it's for others or for your own salvation, there are two joys that you will experience. The same joy that both Peter and Barnabas experienced, or Paul and Barnabas experienced while they were ministering to others. You must understand, when I saw the joy on this girl, suddenly the joy entered me because I needed it so badly. I needed it so desperately because of stuff. And I'm busy. And I, I, when I woke up, I ran to my study. And I put this song on and I began to dance in my room. I was still half asleep, but I was wide awake at that moment, let me tell you. And I began to dance and I began to worship and then I knew what it meant. How do we get that joy? 
How do we get the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is your strength because the joy of the Lord is your salvation and the salvation of others. Every life that you touch, it's worth it. Every persecution, every trial, every tribulation, it's worth it. If you're gonna serve the Lord, you need to know that you're gonna go through some stuff. Now, before we carry on, put the song on with the lyrics so we can all get a little bit of joy. Come on. Put it loud, guys. Read the words. Even the words are amazing.
Just, just raise your hands. Lord, we complain about so many things. Sometimes we really have reason to complain. Sometimes we don't. But Father, no matter what we go through, we choose joy. We choose you, Lord, because you are the source of our joy. You are our strength, God. No matter what we go through, no matter what we're going through right now, Lord, let us never forget the joy of, of your salvation. You have delivered us out of the hands of the enemy. And Father, you have made available the oil of joy even when we go through mourning and pain and difficult times. And I know that there are many even in this place this evening, God, that are maybe going through some difficult things. But in the joy of the Lord, anything can happen. Because with your joy, Father, the enemy's power is destroyed. The heaviness is destroyed. So we choose you. We choose you, Lord. We honor you and we love you so much. And we are so grateful that we are saved. Lord, let us have the same joy for the lost, like Paul and Barnabas, like Peter and James and John, your disciples, Lord, who, who understood this. Even some of them, when they were being put to death, were, were excited. Because they understood that everything would be worth it. Every life, every person that experiences your, your joy, your salvation. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks for these precious people that are yours, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you minister joy to them. Joy in their hearts, in their bellies, Lord. Let rivers of living water of joy filled with the Holy Spirit and joy be their portion tonight, Lord. And even when we go through these things that will come, we'll hold on to that joy. We honor you and we love you so much. Tonight in this place, there is nowhere else I'd rather be, Lord, than here with you in the house of the Lord.
what an honor it is, what a privilege it is to know you, to worship you, to give thanks to you for what you have done. There is truly none like you. There is truly none like you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Now, I ask, Lord, before we close tonight, Father, that you would touch every person. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, surrender your heart to him, or you will never know that joy. You will never experience that joy. Happiness is short-lived, but true joy is everlasting. And it's a guarantee when you accept the Lord. So if you'd give your heart to him tonight, he will touch you right there where you are. If you're going through something, I want you just to just, just surrender yourself to him this evening. Father, we love you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you thanks for what you have done tonight in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. You guys can go back to your seats. Thank you so much. Amen. What's that? <laughs> well, I'm going to bless and release you. I'm going to also open up the altar. I'll have leaders up here. If you want to pray, we would love to pray for you. We love you guys, and I pray that this message tonight will speak to your heart and draw you closer to him. Father, we honor you and we love you. I bless your people as they go now in the mighty and precious name of your son, Jesus. All the glory, all the honor, and all the praise belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.